We've built out something that nobody else in the Cosmos space has built out quite yet. Discoverability tends to be like the biggest problem. I don't think people realize like what we're doing on that side of things. And you're gonna to start to see those projects go live here over the next next couple months. But what's really most interesting is sending messages or contract calls. Welcome to the Bare Metal Podcast. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Bare Metal Podcast. This is your ship to code from Rockaway X uh, talking today to Griffin Anderson from Archway. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So Archway, a chain that's been making ways uh, for a while. Uh, I remember the campaign and the you know the original uh, sort of the, the tweets around we're going to change the uh, the economy uh, around DApps. I'm super interested in that. Can you give us sort of an intro into Archway? Why you guys you know started doing Archway? Um, what's the core value proposition? Yeah. So. Um just quick context on my background. I, I was fortunate enough to be a, a very early hire over at Consensus um, and came in the Ethereum space at a, at a very, very early time and, and went through all the craziness on, on the Ethereum side for many years. Um, but I got a little disenfranchised as a developer, um, partly because at the end of the day, um, if you believe in the FAT protocol thesis or any of these other things, the value accrues kind of towards the L1. And and I was looking at the landscape in 2019 going, OK, I want to go build the ADAPT. But if I go build on top of uh, Ethereum, you know, I'm, I'm driving more value users and activity to that underlying ecosystem. But I have no way of capturing the value myself. Um, I have no way of sharing in those rewards. And so that's where the idea of, of Archway is like, can we design an L1 um, that incentivizes um, like all the different ecosystem participants, not just uh, the validators or miners that are running the network, but can you start to really incentivize developers and end users and other other major stakeholders that are, are part of these ecosystems in a more fair way and basically allow them to capture some of the value that they create and bring to the underlying um, ecosystem and chain. Um, and so that was the underlying like, like premise and idea for the Archway protocol. Um, uh, so since then, what we've done is we are a uh, in the Cosmos ecosystem, but we're we're a generalized L1, um, but have designed the protocol over the last three years to basically um, share rewards directly with uh, the DAP developers building on top of the network. Uh, the same way we share rewards directly with like validators for running nodes of the network, we do the same thing at the DAP and at the application layer. Um, and we can dive more into those details here in a little bit. Yeah, certainly. I'm, I'm pretty interested in how you guys are accomplishing that, right? There's an established sort of mechanic for rewarding the validators uh, that where the rewards are proportional to stake. Uh, there are some slashing mechanism to keep them honest. How did you guys design the reward scheme for DAP developers, right? And how did you guys think about mitigating certain problems like, you know, potentially, you know, network DOS attacks, like trying to get a lot of usage of, of, of one app? How do you guys think about it? Is that a risk or is that not a risk? Like, How does the scheme work? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and we've never actually been like hacked, which is which is kind of interesting. Uh, and the next network's been live for a while. But um, so the, the way it works is ultimately, uh, from an economics perspective, the gas fees are always going to be higher than what the DAP developers earn as rewards. Uh, and, and that's designed to basically prevent that civil attack, somebody hitting the contracts many, many times. Um, but we we have multiple mechanisms we've uh, the community has built into the protocol in order to make sure that 
DevOps developers like like receive a material amount of rewards. Um, and so the first mechanism we do um, is we just share some of the gas fees back directly with DevOps developers. So every time uh, somebody uses one of your contracts, you receive some of the rewards uh, just based on the gas fees. Uh, the second is we share some of the emission and inflation uh, with DevOps developers based on block space usage. So. Um, uh, so typically, most inflation or emission schedules would go directly to the validators running the network or the miners running the network. And, and um, the stakers, right. And the stakers and the delegators and folks uh, folks delegating to the network. Um, what we've done is we've actually shared some of that emission uh, directly with uh, the DAP developers building on top. And then the third thing what we've done, uh, which is probably even the most interesting thing is, uh, we've designed inside the protocol uh, something called um, contract premiums. And it's like an added fee the developer can set on their contracts when they deploy them on chain. And so what happens is, is you can basically raise the gas fees for anybody interacting specifically with your DAP. And then any premium you add to that to that fee, um, you as a DAP developer get to receive, you know, that full amount of premium. So um, if you feel like, um, you know, the, the gas fees are not sufficient enough, if they're, you're building certain types of utility-based apps where you feel like, hey, you know, the, I'm not receiving enough rewards, well, you can just easily add on a premium to, to that fee. Um, and it's all baked in at the, at, the, um, at the wallet level. So the end user just signs and clicks one transaction, works the same as paying normal gas. Um, and that's all baked in. And so then what happens is all those fees accrue on an address. And what's so cool about it is it can be like your address uh, that you create or um, an end user address, or it can be like a smart contract address. Um, and so you can even pick that smart contract address and then you can do whatever you want with those rewards at those addresses. Um, you could funnel those rewards into a DAO and share it with everybody um, that's like contributing and building. Uh, you can redirect it back to your end users as like referral programs. You can use it to subsidize gas costs. You could use it to uh, incentivize liquidity. You can you can basically design and use the rewards in whatever way you want. And we try to encourage steps to basically give it back, give it back out to, to the end users. Um, and so what we're really trying to do is get this additional stakeholder, both the developers and the end users, a, a stake in the underlying protocol. And this is kind of the mechanism we do that through. Let's sort of dig into those gas fees. You said a proportion of those fees, uh, you know, goes back to the DAP developer whose contract was called, uh, and you know, who controls the proportion? Is that set by the token holders? Is that a governance parameter? Yeah. So uh, currently, right now, it's all set by governance, and governance can adjust those those parameters. We share twenty five percent of the emission schedule directly with um, uh, the DAP developers. Um, some of that's adjusted based on block space fillage. So, um, and, and that's a civil resistant issue. So, as block space fills, technically the, the rewards shrink just a little bit. Um, but that's that's one mechanism. Uh, and then um, in terms of gas fees, we actually burn half the gas fees and then we redirect half the gas fees back to DAP developers. So similar to EIP 1559 and other stuff, um, what we uh, as the DAPs get more and more usage and we fill more and more block space, uh, more and more gas and tokens are burned. So it, it, it also solves that problem as well. Um, 
Yeah, so currently right now, those are both parameters that are set at governance. Uh, there's a lot of folks in the community that are evaluating those economic parameters, and we'll probably adjust them as time goes on as we kind of like dial in like what the right amount of allocation is and share is. Um, it's one of these balancing acts where you're trying to incentivize um, delegators and validators to continue to run and, and operate nodes and, and participate in the network and secure the network. Um, and then at the same time, you're trying to make sure that there's enough incentives for the DAP developers to want to build on top of the network as well. And so it's this consistent like kind of balancing act. Um, the contract premiums is completely set by the developer themselves. So when they go to deploy their smart contracts, there's there's extra meta, metadata and fields that they can set on deploying their contracts, and they can just alter and set their gas fees to, to whatever they want. Um, and so for every contract call, you can set it for like, you know, five gas, for instance, and uh, or five arch or, or 10 arch or whatever the case is. Um, and, and those go directly back to the DAP developer. Um, by default, it's set to zero, but um, we, we definitely have a lot of third-party developers that have, have that are adding that, that premium on for all kinds of reasons. I'm curious, could I set different um, different sort of premiums for different contract calls in my contract, or this is, is it a single price per any function that I call in the contract? Um, today, it's set per contract. Excuse me. <clears throat> it's set per contract. So, um, but what we're seeing is DAP developers start to like modulize their contracts. So, it, when you're doing, when one contract is inheriting another contract or contract to contract calls, um, those premiums, what makes Archway is so complex and so unique as, as a protocol is um, each contract that calls another contract, that premium is like added on. So the end user will pay this like total premium amount, um, but then each contract pays a premium to call another contract and another contract. So we see a lot of that modularity happening throughout the protocol, um, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um you mentioned that you were still, you know, it's a balancing act to somehow redistribute those rewards between different players or actors, um, you know, related to the Archway ecosystem. I guess you guys are still sort of finding the, the sweet spot. Your mainnet went live pretty recently. And if we take a step back, um, you know, what are the things that you're seeing post mainnet? Like you guys, you guys went live, uh, right, a few months back. Who are the key protocols that have been onboarded um, you know, what, what are the most active dApps? What are you guys seeing? Yeah, we're, we're, we're just like, um, so we're about four months live. Um, and I would say we're, we're at the stage in the protocol where the foundation's been laid and we're seeing just a whole bunch of integrations happening behind the scenes. So I think we're, you know, integrated with like maybe seven or eight different wallets at this point. We're integrated with... Um, uh, different front ends, block explorers, everything else. Um, and so I would say we're like, if we were to use an analogy, we're building a house. Like today we have the cement floor and now you're seeing like us over the last four months putting like plumbing in, electrical, um, everything else into the house. Um, and so it's not really cool. It's not like a fun house you can go and play in per se, uh, because what you're seeing is just like the foundation being put in place. And, and that typically takes a lot of protocols. Um, you know, even the ones that launch with a lot of fanfare, it, it can take like a year to like, just get that like underlying infrastructure in place and, and across the board. Um, but we do have a lot of great depths building on top of the protocol. Uh, one of them is called Astrovault. Uh, it's an AMM on, on top of the protocol. Um, 
There's another one Shout called... Shout out to Eric. He's been on the on this podcast as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, he, he's great. The, the team's great. Um, uh, there's a, We have Arch ID. Um, I think we're getting close to about 100,000 Arch doma- uh, domains have been collected so far, which is which is pretty good for a, a name service, uh, just a few months launched. So they're growing pretty fast. Um, we have a bunch of NFT marketplaces. Uh, uh, Trivium comes to mind. Um, Pipao, which is like NFT, um, like, like, uh, claiming of tickets. We have, um, a lot of the products that you would see in Cosmos are, are planning to deploy on top of Archway as well and go cross chain. Uh, so Calc Finance is going to be deploying here real soon on top of the protocol. Uh, a lot of these other DeFi components that you see that have gone cross chain. Um, and then a lot on the gaming side, um, I take a look at Archway Fun Team. Um, they're building out like unique games. Um, uh, I think a lot of people know Gelato. Obviously, they're deployed on top of us. Um, but you're you're seeing a lot of the dApps just deploy cross-chain, deploy on top of Archway. Um, and then we just, there's just tons and tons of individual developers that are building in the space. Um, uh, I would definitely go check out the ecosystem page to get a, get a better view of what's happening. What do you think this is the most important thing that should be built on Archway today? Like, is, is do you have a sense of what the community is requesting? Like, you know, while you guys are in the channels, in the chats, uh, what are the things you guys are looking for? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say like the, the community is very much hungry for DeFi right now uh, across the board. Um, uh, I would say that's what the broad community is looking for. Um, we've seen... Um, just a lot of interest in that space. And we're starting to see those like components come together, like liquid staking. Um, so from liquid finance, we see uh, um, uh, uh, algo stables starting to come on. And so we're starting to see these like discrete components kind of come together. You know, a lot of the teams wanted to wait until we went live before they really started to dive in and start building. There's there's always platform risk, things like that. So. They've been building for the last three months, and and you're going to start to see those projects go live here over the next next couple months. Um, yeah, so that's what they want. Um, what I'm most interested in, though, is uh, like a lot of utility based apps. So Archway Protocol, um, you, you have to look at its competitive advantage compared to other protocols in, in the space, um, and it does really really well for more utility based apps that. Um, that are um, maybe have a hard time like like monetizing or um, with like a typical governance token. Um, so um, if it doesn't really fit that model where that DAP doesn't lend itself to a good governance token or it doesn't make sense selling like an NFT or something along those lines, um, Archway is actually a pretty good model to just, just receive rewards based on usage of your protocol. And so... Um, even those those two verticals every L1 has right now across the space, um, Archway lends itself to to building out use cases that could really benefit from just earning a, a recurring rewards uh, for usage of your contracts. So anything more utility based, we see a lot of folks working on like uh, math libraries in the base and smart contracts. Um, oracles, um, you know, where it's an off-chain process and you need to receive rewards to pay for those off-chain processes. Uh, we see a lot of like um, more like, yeah, any off-chain services, AI services, things like that, where they're trying to post like AI images on chain and stuff like that. Archway lends itself more to that kind of stuff, those utility-based products, because just because it offers it like a pretty sustainable business model uh, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. 
you mentioned the word cross chain and sort of interacting with other chains a lot uh, and think of like my mental images now you're thinking of sort of archway as the hub where the logic of the smart contract or, or the dap is then you know concentrated or located and then it's using sort of ibc to reach out to these other chains and then execute some logic like that feels like it's very you know uh, it requires a very strong infrastructure you got to get those ibc channels um functional oh, yeah. you know you have it three layers everywhere is that what are the how's that how are you guys doing on infrastructure is that all covered is that all working like are you guys looking for more validators to sort of run relays yeah, um, that that's definitely like so when I when I talked about like putting the plumbing and electrical in place, that's that's certainly the stage we're at. So on the relayer side, we're we're definitely looking for more folks to to run relayers. Um, it's it's been a slow process, but we've built out something that nobody else in the Cosmos space has built out quite yet. We've built out um, the way we run a relayer stack is we do have a um, inside Phi Labs and and just for context, I, I work for Phi Labs, um, a core contributor to the Archway ecosystem. Um, inside Phi Labs, we have a big DevOps team, but we actually don't run the relayers ourselves because it's just not scalable to do it all in house. We we really need to rely on third parties to do that kind of stuff, and so a lot of the validators um, as Part of uh, delegation agreements with the foundation, they've, they've agreed to basically run run relayers on, on our part. Um, but what we do is we do have like uh, these like fee grant side of things. So um, the relayers um, don't have to pay for the native arch and signing the transactions. They can actually pull from, from a pool. Um, and so that helps subsidize their fees. Um, they still have to pay for the underlying infrastructure and DevOps costs, um, but um, you know that's baked into the the business, I guess, of of, of validating the network in general. Uh, but what's so interesting of what we've been working on um, right now, and it, it's kind of a race to get this done. Um, is just complete monitoring of these relayers. So if you go into uh, the community's Discord, like as soon as that relayer goes down, like the the operators of the relayers get pinged uh, immediately across the board. Uh, we're getting redundancy across a bunch of different channels. So I would say like the reliability and anybody who's worked with IBC and the relayers, like it sounds better than what it is on, on the ground. It like it often it often goes down. And there's a lot of technical issues. There's all kinds of reasons these 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 uh, relayers stop. Uh, it's still pretty new technology. But uh, what we've really done here over the last couple of months is built out. I would say like a sustainable infrastructure to really monitor manage the relayers. They're getting to the point where we'll have like. Um, the relayers will automatically be spun back up and reset. And so um, I, I would say our reliability the first couple of months were um, not as, as great as I'd like. And anybody who's worked in Cosmos knows it's it's like whack-a-mole all the time. Uh, but but all that underlying infrastructure is now there. So like if, if you're running a relayer on top of the Archway network and it goes down, you're going to get pinged uh, right away. Uh, you're also seeing like dashboards and everything else that will be coming out in the in the springtime that will basically monitor um, like like your performance of the relayer. What, um, what's your uptime uh, across the board um, and all that stuff and just more analytics around the operating side of, of the relayers. And we hope that like just incentivizes everybody in the ecosystem to to really not think of relaying as like a second operation uh, to their validator, but you think of it as more as like um, uh, like a, a need to differentiate yourself if if you can really provide you a know separate more. service. Yeah, separate service. Offering on behalf of the network. Yeah. So so much of work has been doing that. Um, I know informal systems got some like initial dashboards, but we're pretty far ahead on the technical side. Um, 
you know, but but to build out this infrastructure in a way that's like extremely scalable, that can monitor and manage, you know, you know, thousands of different IBC routes and things like that. Um, it, it takes time getting this infrastructure out. So that's why I say so much of what we're doing is that like that plumbing electrical layer right now um, and, and just kind of trying to get it together. Um, yeah. So that's a little context on the, on the um, IBC side. You already touched on you know, the next months or, or Q1, um, let's sort of focus on the plans now. Like what are the things that are in the pipe um, for, let's say, Q1 of, of 2024? Are there any new dApps coming online? Are there any changes or, or ideas around their word structure? What yeah, so um, inside uh, Five Labs, we'll be having an NFT marketplace launching uh, in, in in early um, uh, January Q1. Uh, so we're very excited about that, um, uh, just to offer um, uh, just a high quality product to, to the community. Um, and, and we're working with some other, the NFT teams that are in the ecosystem right now. Uh, the first collection that I'll be launching is called Archies. It's it's done by um, some creative artists in, in Europe. And there's a whole bunch of other um, very fun NFT artists that are, are planning to launch their collections on on top of the protocol and in our lined up so definitely take a look at that uh there's there's gonna be a lot of work in there um some things that will be uh, out in january as well uh so um and you might get a glimpse of it even by the end of this year is um Arch Connect is getting a big uh, makeover and upgrade uh, across the board. Uh, so we hope that, um, so today when you come to the Archway ecosystem, uh, you have the main website, which is kind of like the main brochure. We can get all the interesting information on like what's happening inside the ecosystem. Uh, we've really focused at the um, uh, the developer level with all the developer documentation and tutorials. And we have like whole bunch of third-party platforms like Kai recently was like adding docs to the docs. So that's becoming like a, a major content hub for developers that are building our ecosystem and building on Cosm Wasm in general. Uh, but what we've really lacked in the ecosystem is a place for like end users to go to, right? So we've like, we got the brochure, we got, um, and then we got a place for uh, the developers, but what we don't have really at the end of the day um, is a place for um, end users to come and interact with the dApps and discover the different ecosystem. And after talking with many different dApps, both in the Archway community, broader Cosmos in general, like discoverability tends to be like the biggest problem. Like people just want eyes on their products. They want a user base to, yeah. to get to right away. Um, so Arch Connect is planning to be this like... Uh, homepage uh, place for the Archway community where um, not only can you easily bridge and, and get Arch and, and, and stake and vote and everything else, but um, inside it, we also have embedded third-party dApps as well into the protocol too, where you'll get um, simplified functionality of the dApps right from the Arch Connect platform. And then um, for any more like advanced functionality, you'd obviously link out to their website and wherever they're hosted and so forth. Um, but it's designed in a way uh, to like kind of streamline that user experience ac across the board. Um, and, and hopefully is designed in a way that, um, you know, really just drives more users to the, the underlying dApps, which is really what they want at the at the end of the day. Are there any innovations around the core tech um, in terms of uh, you know what the blockchain can do with smart contracts around the fee structure? You've discussed a lot about what the reward structure is, but are you guys thinking of um, extending that, or do you have some ideas based on the current usage on what yeah, else to do? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of fun stuff that's uh, been happening. So we'll continue to expand and grow in this this like 
reward system. Like we're thinking of different ways to basically get dApp developers as as many rewards as possible based on based on usage of their products. So um, there's going to be more. Um, there's a lot of thought in, around customization of like um, them being able to sell their own block space for whatever price they want. Um, and, and that has to do with the gas itself. Um, uh, so customizing of all that, figuring out different ways to basically get them more material rewards. So there's there's a lot of thought there. Um, there's also a lot of big technical innovations that are coming out. Um, so currently right now in the ETH community and, and just broadly Cosmos, there's only um, two ways right now to call contracts like either an end user has to sign a transaction and call the underlying contract or it's a contract to contract call which means um you know if you're if you're doing a DeFi product and you're swapping a stable coin you know you might use a dex that then swaps the underlying uh stable coin which is a separate type of contract which is a contract to contract call so today those are like only the two ways to interact with contracts and the dApps well we're adding a third way where the chain itself is going to be able to call contracts and so you can start to set automated uh processes uh within the blockchain itself so what you can do is you can say all right um you know every other block please do this action and call this contract um every every you know every 15 minutes do this kind of action so you get these damien type automated processes which opens up even more unique use cases so like if you're trying to do um uh, like building trading bots or things like that um you know, you can rebalance pools automatically by just setting it on the contract. Uh, you can do things like um, uh, easily move rewards or set up automated processes like automated cron jobs and things like that all built right into the to the protocol itself. So um, hopefully that will give um, the dApp developers even more fun, more flexibility in the types of dApps they could build uh, across the board. Um, we When you said the, the blockchain is going to call um, the DAP contract uh, or uh, or a smart contract. Where is the where are the fees for that going to come from? Does a developer have to preload a wallet that's going to then then pay for the for the fees or you know how is how is that managed? Yeah, that's exactly it. So uh, they would have to pre-fund the smart contract um, and pre-pay for that that gas usage. So um, uh, it's basically the contract itself calls the block chain that then recalls the contract itself. Um, and so that's how it works. So you have to have some arch in the contract to actually facilitate and do that. Uh, but what it does is it, it kind of like pre-schedules, the way it works is it pre-schedules transactions out into the future, um, which which is kind of interesting. Um uh, so that's that's technically how it works. Um, and so as a developer, you put a bunch of gas in your contract, it's custodied in the contract, and then um, you set it out like 15 blocks later, a thousand blocks later, or, um, and you can easily adjust to time in that case. So you could, you know, get roughly about an hour out or every two hours out. And, and what happens is um, it just presets that that transaction to be called at that specific block time, uh, block stage. So um, that's that's kind of mechanically how it works. Um, uh, it's pretty complex from a technical perspective. And, and I encourage all the developers, like, go through the docs and learn more about how that works. There's also a thing called fee grants uh, in per smart contract. Can you talk more about those? Yeah, so um, today in the Cosmos SDK, there's been some work at the module layer. Um, so fee grants is 
basically a pool of, of, of tokens you can set aside. Uh, so in this case, you can set a bunch of Arch tokens into a specific pool. And what happens is every time uh, somebody wants to interact with your contract, um, it actually, instead of pulling the gas fee from the end user, uh, what it does is it pulls the gas fee from this, this pool of tokens you've set aside. And you can put all kinds of um, qualifications on, on who gets a pull from that pool and pay for those gas fees. So you could set things, controls like um, only first-time users of my application get free gas. Um, you can set it like um, you can even start to do more permission things like, um, you know, anybody who downloads my wallet can can use free gas and you can even use as like proxy contracts, and everything else. So if you're like building a wallet and you just want to offer like free gas to all the all the all anybody working and playing around in the archway ecosystem uh and you're like hey i'm just gonna eat that cost initially i think it's better for the user experience they don't have to get arch you can go ahead and like pre-fund that wallet and just like pay for all their gas fees on their behalf and and maybe it's not very material because you know it's a better user experience to onboard new users to your wallet and everything else and so all they would do is just like go ahead and sign in the transaction and with account abstraction and all the other stuff that's coming you know it hopefully it'll be streamlined eventually to where it's just like you know you could easily just sign into your regular oauth uh provider like google or something like that and then um you know it automatically sets up a wallet and you can easily just start interacting with dApps right away from day one um without having to do like all this crazy onboarding stuff that that it takes to get into these L1s sometimes. So um, uh, it just just should streamline things. Um, but yeah, by, by doing it at the uh, DAP and the application layer, uh, hopefully it just lends itself to a better user experience and, and covers the gas fees of um, other folks. That's the fee grant um, contracts as well. We've talked a lot about sort of, you know, if Archway is the hub, uh, then you need to have this IBC infrastructure to reach other chains. That's sort of thinking more about the, like say Cosmos ecosystem because IBC is still not that far out, I guess, into other other ecosystems. Are you guys thinking of, you know, connecting to, I don't know, L2s and Ethereum, connecting to Solana, connecting to other ecosystems? Is that something that's a, that's a focus? Yeah, yeah. Broadly in, space, in the Cosmos space, there's there's separate teams working on that IBC infrastructure. We recently, um, to, to prove this out, we recently set up a connection directly with the Icon ecosystem, which is pretty cool. I don't think people realize like what we're doing on that side of things um, as a test. So yeah, you can easily like IBC into the ecosystem. Right now, today, you know, IBC really just facilitates um, basically moving tokens from one chain to the other, and like you start to see NFTs being moved. Uh, but what's really really most interesting is sending messages or contract calls between um, different chains. And so you get this like orchestration type layer where you can start to set um, the way it works is you set like up a proxy contract and all the other chains you want to interact with. And then the archway sends messages to that proxy contract on the other chain that then facilitates the transactions and then sends those messages back to the archway protocol. And so you can do things like easily, you know, swap a token on osmosis and move it back to the archway ecosystem. You could do things like, um, uh, but then as you see IBC become more and more ubiquitous, from Archway, you're going to be able, hopefully in the future, be able to do like cross-chain contract calls to the Ethereum or NEL2. And like you can easily swap and access that liquidity. You can easily. Um, and so you get just more composability, I would say, across uh, these different ecosystems. 
Um, and then the question starts to become, well, as a DAP developer, where do I want to like deploy my contracts? Like I could deploy it on top of, um, you know, an L2, but like there's no rewards baked into that underlying protocol typically. And so um, you can, if you deploy the contracts on top of Arch, you'll receive a bunch of rewards and you can get the same functionality that almost any other chain offers. It's just abstracted away a little bit for the end user. And so um, it starts to become this kind of like centralized hub uh, in, in orchestration layer for everything you want to do across chains. Future, future of the interchain happening right now in our trade. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. Uh, but there is um, there's a lot of other cool projects inside Cosmos that that are also working on um, with similar goals as well. Where should people go to find the freshest news? Is it is it X? Is it you know Archway.io? Uh, should they join the Discord? Where's you know where is it at? Yeah, definitely Twitter is probably the best place or X. Um, and then um, uh, Discord, uh, we have kind of a lively community there as well. Um, the Archway website is really great for just like basic information of, of what's happening. Um, but yeah, Twitter is probably going to be the best place for, for or excuse me, X is going to be the best place for all those kinds of announcements uh, across the board. Um, almost every day there's, there's a new announcement in the community and the ecosystem. Uh, so I, I definitely recommend people following that main account. Yeah. So recommending to the listeners to hop onto Twitter and learn more about Archway. Well, thanks very much, Griffin. So that was a fun chat. Uh, all the best. And, uh, you know, keep chugging in Q1. Yeah, Let's prefer. see all those things come true. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.